survived her in the lane Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in Athens Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We are live here from SEC Media Days in Nashville and are fired up to be joined by the athletics Seth Emerson. Seth covers the Georgia Bulldogs for the athletic and college football at large. Seth, Thank good you. to see you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I want to ask you today, I'm always interested in the message that Kirby gives at these mm -hmm. because I don't think he ever misses an opportunity in the media broad to spread whatever message that he's wanting to spread right in here. And it seemed to me the focus of that was better never rest being right. the mantra of this mm -hmm. year's team and that they will not be a slave to complacency. Right. What were your thoughts on his availability today and where he stands moving into the season? Yeah, it, it's kind of the next progression from the spring was eating off the floor mm -hmm. as in humility and basically pretend that, uh, you know, you're not the two-time defending champs with uh, everyone's expectation that you'll be getting a third. Um, it, it is nice that he seems to have acknowledged that they cannot manufacture slights at this <laughs> point, at least. Right. Um, they, they can't pretend that people are predicting them to be seven and five. Um, someone actually made a kind of joke about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're not doing that. And I, I, was, I was also kind of, um, I was watching to see how he responded to any questions about the offseason troubles and in the main room, at least. He only got one question about it out of the 13, um, possibly because there's just not much more meat on that bone at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but him and the players came here, I think, with approach on that to basically be contrite try to kind of put an end to it by not giving anyone any more ammunition. You've been around the program a long time. Can you ever remember an offseason where there was this much happening off the field? Obviously, um, with the tragic accident in January and then everything going on um, as it pertains to speeding and arrests and things of that nature, a lot of off-field things have been at the forefront even after back-to-back national championships, which, which you would hope would be removed, um, and it just hasn't been. Yeah. Do you think there is any, I guess, threat of that eroding anything that's going on inside that building, or do you think they are pretty focused, cohesive, and together as a program? We'll have to see if it manifests itself sometime during the year. Um, I talked to uh, Texas A&M players yesterday for a column I wrote, and they now say a year later that, yeah, there were some NIL jealousy problems or individualism, not even so much I mean, jealousy from the upperclassmen, but some freshmen coming in. Like, I'm, you know, I'm this big man on campus now, and this big NIL deal, that kind of stuff. Um, you don't find out about that until losses start to happen, and people then start to become honest and finger-pointing and blaming you. Um, we're not going to find out in advance that Georgia is distracted by off-field noise and everything. Um, it, it's, I, I've, we've never experienced, I've never, on any beat I've covered, uh, experienced a player die, a uh, current player, um, and another staffer. Uh, car accidents, unfortunately, happen every day in America. Um, this one involved speeding and drunk driving, um, racing, so it, it, you know, but that, that happens everywhere. It just happened to happen here. And it led to this cascading headlines. I have, take that out, it's, like, it's hard to take that out, but 
I have on this Georgia beat, people can point to any period. Like there's a period during the Mark Richter, uh, 2010, 2009, 2010, where it seemed like someone was getting arrested every night. Um, and some of it was for like silly stuff, like minor stuff. But um, what we've had this off season is everything gets magnified because of the accident. Um, and also because this is the two-time defending champs and with great success comes great attention. One of the storylines I'm interested in as we shuttle towards the 2023 season is the leadership void that may emerge with someone like Nolan Smith, who was such a big presence on that team, with Stetson Bennett, who's obviously at the position with the biggest spotlight. Even guys like Chris Smith, who I think's impact have not been shouted from the rooftops as they should have been, maybe. Who do you foresee, and maybe the three that were here today are, are the leaders in that category, but who do you see filling those voids, filling the shoes of, of a Nolan Smith, of a Chris Smith, of guys of that stature? Cedric Van Prand is definitely, he, he's, he's been around forever. He, he, um, I think he's definitely the only offensive starter who was around for the 2021 season national championship game. Um, no defensive players. He might be the only one. No, Brock Bowers was around too. Brock is, God love him, not going to be that leader type. Yep. He's not a verbal guy. Yep. Kamari Lasseter was here today. Um, he's a leader type. Javon Bullard is that kind of guy. Javon Dumas Johnson, in his own way, he is too. Um, they've, they've got guys like that. Uh, they've, you know, it'll, it'll be a little interesting at the quarterback position. You know, Stetson Bennett wasn't the vocal leader. He was just, he had that swagger and that moxie that people kind of just, it rubbed off on other people. And so how is Carson Beck as, you know, how, how do people gravitate towards him? What, what kind of effect does he have on them? Uh, does a guy like Kendall Milton is now should finally be the unquestioned starter and running back? Does he get a lot more you know, leadership ability? Um, so the, it, it tends to just kind of solve itself. Like you, you get those leaders. Um, although there have been years here where it, it did feel like there was a void. We, we don't know at this point whether that would be the case. From your perspective, what is the storyline that most piques your interest, the thing that you are most compelled by to see how it plays out? Um, I think it'd be really interesting to to see them win a national championship again with Mike Bobo as offensive coordinator. But it almost might be like a by the way now at this point. Like, um, it, 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 that's something that like hasn't really been discussed. It wasn't asked much about here. Yeah. And, and there weren't questions in the main room to Kirby about the quarterback. Um, people assume it's going to be Carson Beck, but you know they, they didn't ask about replacing Stetson. Um, there, there's, I, I think the Bobo angle, what this offense looks like, I tend to think it's going to be pretty wide open because they don't have Darnell Washington, um, who kind of made it. You know, you kind of wanted him to be attached to the line. More, right. Uh, whereas a Brock Bowers might be flexed out, moved around a lot, and same with a Lawson Lucky and, and Pierce Berlin is healthy and, and Oscar Delp. They're a little more kind of mobile kind of tight ends, and, and they've got Dominic Lovett as a slot speed guy who's really good. Uh, I still got Lad Conkey who's the same kind of like speed guy, um, and they're not as deep at running back, right. so you don't want to be handing the ball off all the time and risking injury. So I I'm really intrigued to see what that offense. That's a great point about Coach Bobo. I, I was surprised that didn't get asked today by someone about, about what the effect would be. Um, do you have any pause about that? Or do you feel like um, 
Coach Monken leaving and Coach Bobo stepping in, it's just going to be business as usual. Yeah, I, I tend to think it'll just be business as usual. I mean, Bobo is a pretty pragmatic guy, and he saw what worked under Monken. I mean, he was here. Yeah. He, he was he, he was part of the planning. He was part of the offense. Um, and I also saw Mike Bobo turn from the guy that fans you know, were criticizing, trying to run out the door. Um, early to midpoint of his tenure to the guy who, you know, was coordinating the highest scoring offense in Georgia history in 2014, still is. They didn't beat him out the last couple of years, although they could have if they, you know, played in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They, they tended to be winning by blowouts, and they didn't. But that's, I mean, I, I'm, I've seen him. I, I, I trust the Mike Bobo of the last few years at Georgia rather than the one who wasn't dealing with as much talent at Auburn and South Carolina. Well, SEC Media Days is always exciting because it feels like we are so close to the season. We're under 50 days now. I know you are as excited for it to start as we are. So thank you for your time today, right. Seth. We love your work. Everybody thank go you. read thank Seth you very much. Uh, and everything he puts out on the athletic. Thanks so All much. Right. Thank you. Right. Georgia's better now.